but he can. Um, you also find in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3, 14, that it's all one sentence in the original Greek. Now, that, that's, in fact, it's the longest Greek sentence in any Greek literature ever. And, and obviously the Holy Spirit did it that way to just let us know how much the promises of God should mean to us. And, of course, we've gone through nine of them. Now, before I go to the tenth one, we're, we're going to look back here just for a moment. Uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians 1.17. Uh, we're going to take a quick review of last week's promise on the spirit of insight. Okay? Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, speaking of insight. Okay? Everybody here ought to want uh, God to keep his promise concerning this promise of insight in their life. It says, in the knowledge of him. Now note verse 18, okay, it's already up there. Note verse 18, which gives us the reason for that promise of insight. This is why God wants you to take advantage of this promise about the spirit of insight. Verse 18, that the eyes of your, what's the next word? Understanding might be enlightened. The spirit of insight is all about understanding the times in which you live that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and saints is all about. There's your reason for insight, hope and rest. Who doesn't want hope and rest? <laughs> I mean, who in the right mind doesn't want those two things, okay? Uh, listen to what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 1.7. He said, and to you who are troubled. Now, Christians ought never be troubled. We're, but we find ourselves troubled all the time about little things, about everything. And yet Paul said, the reason you're troubled is because you have no understanding. You do not have this spirit of insight to see that God's handling all of it. And to you who are troubled, because you haven't the insight to understand all that's going on around you, rest with us, hope and rest, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Those who learn to take advantage of God's promise to give the believer the spirit of insight are never troubled about what's going on around them. Have you ever been troubled about what's going on around you? That means you're failing in this promise. God promised us the spirit of insight, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, insight into the times in which we live. Folks, the world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. This is what spiritual insight gives you and I. Now, note Ephesians 1.19 for the tenth and last of the promises in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, and what is the, what's the next word? Exceeding. That's the next word. By the way, that Greek word, it means surpassing, superior. You say, does that S go along with the rest of the theme of the ten? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to help you remember these ten promises God gave us, uh, the ten greatest promises he ever gave us. And what is the exceeding or surpassing superior greatness of his power? And to who is that superior power given to? Oh, 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 isn't that amazing? To us word. This is the promise. You have all the power and protection Jesus had when he was here on earth. 
It's yours. Now, don't think for a moment that the Lord won't allow us to be troubled, okay? But we have the same promise of protection and power that Christ had. And yet we don't take advantage of it. Verse 19, And what is the exceeding or superior greatness of his power to usward who believe? (laughs) Here's what it means. What's God is ours. Did you hear that? Whatever belongs to God or Christ, okay, belongs to us. You know how many verses in the Bible tell you not to fear? 365 verses in the Bible, one for each day of the year, that tells you not to fear. Why? Because God is sovereign. He controls everything. You say, well, he isn't controlling my circumstances. Well, (laughs) there's your problem. He is in the midst of your circumstances. If he can control the universe, what's your life and mine to control? Well, by the way, you wonder why Job got chewed out in the book of Job. Remember, Job kept making excuses. Lord, what are you picking on me for? I, I thought I was your best witness down here. I was, I, you know, I, I'm the guy that was, was, was doing the right thing, and boom, all of a sudden, some entity comes along and gives me this disease, and now I'm sitting in an ash pile scraping these sores, and, and nobody believes in me. What's going on? And God says, what are you complaining about? Well... Are you looking at the way I'm feeling? I've been living for you, and this is what happens? God said, uh, excuse me. Who put the stars in their sockets? You did. Who set the mountains in their rain? Well, you did. And, and God goes through this dialogue with Job, telling him, you know, who did this? Who did that? Well, all the answers are is God, God controls it all. So God says, if I can control the universe... I can control your life, Job. Live with it. And that's where we fail. We don't want to live with it. (laughs) What's God is ours as long as we're connected to Christ. There's your promise. And you didn't even catch that one. What's God's is ours as long as you're connected to Christ. Ephesians 1.20, look at what it says. Which talking about this superior power, he, God, wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus being far superior above all principality, verse 21, speaking of angels, far above all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Meaning, this exceedingly or superior power that God has placed under Jesus' feet, he puts under our feet as well. As long, you got to catch this, as long as you're connected to him. You say, well, I am connected to Christ, I'm saved. That's not what I said. I didn't ask you if you were saved. I asked you if you were connected after you're saved. There's a difference makes all the difference in the world verse 22 and he put all things under his feet all due to this superior power and gave him jesus to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all things god's 10th greatest promise is the promise to share with us what's christ's which is his superior power over all things you don't have to fear demons 
You don't have to fear disease. You don't have to fear anything. You say, well, you know, I've been bothered by demons before. Yeah, so have I. They're God's people sometimes, you know. Isn't that what Jesus said to Peter? Come on now. Get thee behind me, Satan. Sometimes God's people can be used of Satan to, to, to bother us. You know, we can be oppressed, and God sometimes allows us to be oppressed. I mean, hey, if God allowed himself to be oppressed by the devil after 40 days of fasting in Matthew chapter 4, then don't you think if you're going to come to his level, he's got to allow you to go through the same thing? But we don't like that. <laughs> Folks, what's Christ's is ours. That's the promise. It's to usward as long as we're connected to Christ. Question is, are you connected? And I'm not talking about are you saved. <laughs> Make sure you're saved, okay? But that doesn't mean you're connected just because you're saved. You say, well, how do you connect it? Ah, here's the conditional part of this promise. You know, of these 10 promises that we have talked about, some of them have conditions and some of them don't. This one has a condition. And you're going to see what it is. You see, the same superior power afforded to Jesus is the same superior power afforded to us as long as we're connected to Christ as believers. Look at Luke 4 and verse 28. You that have your Bibles or you can follow along, there you go, up on the screen. Luke 4, 28. Now watch what this says. It says, And all they, talking about the religious crowd, that were in the synagogue, when they heard what Jesus had to say, they were filled with what? So they were ang angry at God in flesh, yes or no? Okay. So what do you think they wanted to do to him? Kill him. <laughs> by, by the way, is he going to die right here? No, no, no. God is sovereign over all things. So no matter what bad things come into your life, just like they came into Christ's life, God's still in control of it all. Now, you either believe that or you don't. You either live like that or you don't. It says, And they rose up, verse 29, and thrust him, Jesus, out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. God allowed this. God allowed uh, the second person of the triune Godhead who became flesh and dwelt among us, allowed him to be walked all the way to this hill where if he was cast off, he was going to die. And what does it say in the next verse? <laughs> but he, Jesus, passing through the midst of them, went his way. It's not my time to die now. You can take me to the edge. You can threaten to kill me. It isn't my time now. I can still remember when uh, Jim Vineyard, uh, I, I, I think he's dead now, but Jim Vineyard was a uh, special forces guy in Vietnam. And uh, he, he's the guy that, he laid for almost three days. He was surrounded by North Vietnamese troops, and he was left by himself, and unfortunately, and he had to survive. And so for three days, he laid in the tall grasses and, and while the North Vietnamese were all over the place. But he told the story of Ha Jimmy. Ha Jimmy was a South Vietnamese general who uh, was a Christian. And Ha Jimmy one day was captured by the North Vietnamese. And the North Vietnamese were going to kill him right on sight. Hi, Jimmy says, I ain't going to die unless God lets me die. And the guy pulled the trigger on his AK, and nothing happened. And he put the gun down, boom, 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 into the ground. 
pulled it back, pointed it at Ha Jimmy. Nothing. Put it up in the air. Boom, 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 boom. Put it back on Ha Jimmy. Nothing. God is sovereign over all things. Now, if he wants you to die, you're going to die. If he wants you to get sick, there's got to be, there's a reason for everything. Everything. Especially if you're a Christian, there's a reason for everything. And you're, the Apostle Paul begged God three times to take this thorn in the flesh from you. Three times the great Apostle Paul said, listen, I can do better for you if I'm healthier. And God said, no, no, you can't. You think you can, but no, you can't. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, God believes in humility. That's why he became flesh and blood and dwelt among us, the greatest act of humility you'll ever experience. And he's looking for that same humility through you and I. Folks, the same protection that was afforded to Jesus on that hill through the superior power of God is afforded to us as long as we're connected to Christ. Now watch, stay with me. I'm not going to be long tonight. Turn to Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4. And you know the story. This is where Jesus himself is being tempted of the devil, okay? It says, Then was Jesus, verse 1, led up to the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter, the devil, came to Jesus, he said to Jesus, If thou be the Son of God, what do you mean if? I am the Son of God. And by the way, that's just a title doesn't mean he's the offspring of God the Father. No, it's, it's a term that was finally used in the book of Psalms. The first time the term son concerning the triune Godhead is mentioned is in the Psalms. Psalm 2. And so he, he says, and when the tempter came, he, he said to him, If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he, Jesus, now, now listen to this carefully. But he, Jesus, answered and said to the devil, it is what? Oh, oh. So, so this book is involved, yes or no? Okay? If you're going to fight the devil, you've got to get this book involved, yes or no? Okay, you've got to get connected to this book, which is called the what? The Word. And Jesus is called the what? So if you're connected to Jesus and his Word, you can have the same protection and the same power that Jesus has. Now, that doesn't mean he wants you going around raising people from the dead. Not that, that hasn't happened. Paul did it. Remember, he was preaching a long time. That can happen with preachers. He was preaching so long, Idacus fell out the window and died. You know, and we know his name, Idacus, because Idacus too, if I'd have fallen out of that window and died. And Paul went down there and raised by the power of God, the same power that was afforded to Jesus, raised Idacus from the dead. So it's not that we can't see some of these miracles. But that's not the greatest miracle God wants you to perform. And you have the power to, form, to perform it. We'll get to that here in a second. Superior protection from a superior power is always ours as long as we're connected to the Word. 1 John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. As long as we're connected to Christ, who is the Word, 
The same power and protection afforded to Jesus is afforded to us as long as we're connected to the Word. Now, you're connected to the Word tonight, yes or no? Okay, but will you be connected to it tomorrow? Good, I, I, and I'm glad you say yes. But this is, this is what happens with many, too many Christians. We're connected to Jesus through His Word at church or a Bible study, but we're not connected to Him on a daily basis. Well, there goes your power and your protection. Because the condition is, you've got to be connected. Turn to John 14 and verse 12. We're going to wrap this up here. Listen carefully to what Jesus told those following him. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Okay, now I've never healed anybody. I've seen healing. But I've never healed anybody. I never saw the need to heal anybody. But I've seen healing. I mean biblical healing. And you may experience biblical healing and maybe even be a part of it. But it's not the greatest thing you can do as a believer. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, raising of the dead, you know, the, the healing of the lepers, the uh, allowing the, hear, the deaf to hear and the blind to see, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than those shall he do, because I go to my Father. The greater works here, folks, is talking about spiritual transformation in the lives of people. What's better, a physical transformation or a, or a spiritual one? Heaping the cross got no physical healing while he died up there, a horrible death on the cross next to Christ. Yes or no? No healing. No deliverance. But he did get saved while he was up there, did he not? See, the greater works that Jesus is talking about here is giving us the power to proclaim the gospel through the word and see people's lives transformed into being unsaved to being saved. You know that less than 2%, according to those that know the statistics, less than 2% of all Christians actually witness. 2%. Now, God saved all 100% of those that have been saved, but only 2% are willing to be filled with the Spirit and used to reach the loss for whom Christ died, which he calls the greater works. Meaning the same power and protection Jesus got is the same power and protection we get as long as we're connected to Christ. And oh, by the way, I, I, get the, I got a, another text this morning. The guy's down in, in Texas somewhere. Far, P-H-A-R-R, -R, is that a place in Texas? Where is it? Okay, where is it near? San Antonio or something? Okay. Anyway, he's normally from Missouri, but he's down visiting family, and he said he want, might want to stop by and say hello to me. I've never met him in person. But, but he's a guy who, who just gives tracks out all the time. I mean, wherever he's at, he just gives a track out. He says, I've never witnessed anybody in my life. And I said, yes, you have. No, 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 I don't verbally talk to people. I just give them tracks. Well, I don't care how you do it. Just do it. <laughs> I don't care if it's just giving people tracks. Just get them the gospel. Do you know how many people have been saved reading a track in a bathroom stall? 
because somebody gave it to them and they had nothing else to read while they were in there? I've known people that have gotten saved in bathroom stalls due to somebody give them a track which explains the gospel and they get saved. Notice Matthew 2 and verse 11. I think you'll like this. It says, And when they, the wise men, were come into the house, boy, this is, this is really good. I really want to drag this out even though I, I can't because I can't wait to get into it. But, but just savor the moment here if you would. Just let me read it a little slower and I want you to catch this. And when the wise men from Babylon were coming to the house where Mary and Joseph were. They saw the young child, Jesus was about one or two years old at this time, with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped who? Did they worship Mary and Joseph? No, they worshipped that child because they knew through Daniel's writings over in Babylon, which were still over there, that there was one coming called the Messiah that would die for the sins of the world. They recognized it. And what did they bring with them? Gifts. By the way, some good gifts. What, what, what is it? Gold, myrrh, frankincense? Some good gifts. I mean, you know, give me some gold for Christmas or my birthday and, and I'll be happy. Especially, what is it, 1,800 an ounce now or something? I don't know. But, but now, wait a minute. When they gave it to him, was Jesus able to put it in his pocket and go out and buy some toys with it? So really, who was in charge, listen to this, who was in charge of these gifts that were given to the Savior? Yeah. See, when Mary and Joseph left for Egypt, they took all these valuable stuff with them that belonged to him. But as long as you're connected, are you catching this? As long as you're connected to him, you get what he got. Are you catching this? Okay. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. What's Christ is ours. What was given to him by way of the wise men belonged to Joseph and Mary as well. All these gifts that came to him were entrusted to Joseph and Mary. And by the way, when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, that's when he allowed the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Yes or no? Okay, since the resurrection. And since the resurrection, the Holy Spirit has indwelt every believer that's ever been saved. Yes or no? And with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you get a spiritual what? What is it? Gift. Everybody here has a spiritual gift. You may have more than one. It's either going to be a speaking gift or a serving gift. You know, I, I doubt if you have the sign gifts, but you'll have one of those two. And you'll have a best gift out of those two. Now, I, I have speaking gifts, obviously. I have serving gifts. But I have a best gift. And God entrusted me with this best gift, just like he entrusted you with your best gift. Are you going to do with it what Joseph and Mary did with what they were entrusted with? Are you seeing the picture here? Okay. You see, whenever you're truly connected to Christ, what's afforded to him, which in this case is superior protection by way of God's superior power, is afforded to us as long as we're connected to Christ. Note verse 12. And be warned of who? And being warned of who? God. Now, when God warns us, how does he warn us? Say, through his word. I mean, common sense, yes or no? Okay? 
Bible says, and being warned, Joseph and Mary being warned uh, of God in a dream that they, Joseph and Mary, should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And, and so notice, the same protection, because was, God wasn't going to allow the second person of the triune Godhead to die before he was supposed to die at the age of 33. He's not going to allow that. And as long as you're connected to Christ through the Word, you have the same protection and direction and power afforded to Christ. And you don't even know it. Or you know it and don't show it. <laughs> we have this thing. Verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, maybe it was the same angel that came to him in a dream before, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee unto Egypt, and be there until I bring thee... What's the next word? Word. Whose word? The angel's word or God's word? God's word. See, as long as you and I are connected to Christ through the word, that's the condition. You are afforded the same superior protection and power that Christ had. Those connected to Christ are those who are connected to God through his word. Superior protection from a superior power is always afforded to those who are connected to Christ through the word. I, you recall I told you that some of those promises that we talked about in these last 10 weeks, some of these promises from the 10 greatest promises are conditional. This is one of them. You, you have to be connected, folks, to the Word if you're going to be connected to Christ, who is the Word. Does that make sense? If, if this isn't your favorite thing in the world, this is my favorite thing in the world. I write novels, and I, I've written booklets, and I, but nothing is as important to me as this right here. Why? Because this is what connects you to Christ. And if you're connected to Christ... You are afforded the same superior power and protection that he was afforded when he was here. You say, you fear nothing. What am I supposed to fear? He's in total control, yes or no? Okay? You know when I was about to die six years ago? Remember? <laughs> I'm laying on the bed and daughter comes in and says, Dad, they say you're going to die. Okay. Got 10% chance of living. That's what the doctor said. You say, she doesn't have very good bedside manners. She really didn't approach it that way. But I laid there and thought, yeah, just, just bring me the bucket. He said, what? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but, but, but give, bring me the bucket. I had to go. I'm in the recovery room, but I got to go. And I'm still a little woozy, so I can't get up and go. I need a bucket. My daughter just looked at me, and she just laughed. This is what I came from, she said. Poor girl. If you want to be afforded the same power and protection that Jesus had, you have to be connected to God's Word. Really connected. And, and nobody, nobody here in this church is going to judge you whether you be, are, are connected or not. That, that's between you and the Lord. I'm just telling you the condition that is required for you to, to have this same protection 
and power that Jesus had. That's the promise. It's to us word. 1 John 4, 4 says this, Greater is he, God, that is in you, by way of the Holy Spirit, than he, the devil, that is in the world. Yes or no? How many, how many here have ever had a dream about the devil? Anybody? Oh, okay, Joy, okay. Philip stood up, put both hands up. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've had dreams about the devil. I, I don't know how many, probably two or three that I can remember, probably more than that, I don't know, but two or three. And I can remember one in particular. I mean, it's so vivid to me. There were three, like, like uh, uh, what's that game show where you pick a door? Door number one? Door, the pr- Let's make a deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I remember being in my dream, and, and, and there were these three doors and uh, the guy told me, he says, pick one, you know, there's, there's a great prize behind it. And, and so, uh, you know, I thought, well, that, that, you know, I mean, you got a 33% chance of picking the right door, one out of three. <laughs> and so I opened this one door, and the devil jumped out at me in my dream. And, I, and I, you say, what did you do? Lord! Get this thing out of my dreams. Poof. Gone. Poof. It didn't linger. You connected to the word, Christ, the same power and protection that was afforded him is afforded you. The question is, are you connected? Like that time I was... I was a paratrooper back in the early 70s, and I jumped out of the plane, the first one. You flew them, I jumped out of them. And when I jumped out of it, I hit the side of the plane and had a, I mean, I slammed up against the side of that C-141, and I was doing this. And of course, my chute was all bundled up. I had multiple bubbles, and the guy that jumped out before me, I passed him, so I knew I was in trouble. And the black hats are on the ground saying, I mean, they were screaming at me. A bloody murder they were, because they saw how fast I was coming down. Pull your reserve, pull your reserve. And they didn't say pull your reserve strand, because they didn't know who I was. You blankety blank, pull your reserve. Because we were taught to do that. And I knew I was going down quick, and so I, I, I grabbed my reserve. Because you have to, after you pull it, you have to feed it out so it doesn't go underneath your legs, and then you really crash and burn. <laughs> and I froze. I was only 17. I couldn't do it. And I can still hear him screaming at me through the megaphones. You're going to die! Pull your reserve! I can still remember it. And I couldn't pull it. Say, so, did you live through it? I see you're still with me tonight. All I did, and this is the absolute truth, all I did was look up at my chute that had multiple bubbles in it, and I said, Lord! And that, as soon as I did that, that entire chute just went, and I came to the ground, and those black hats were all You could have died, you dumb blankety blank don't you know and I just I was kissing the ground you know I had four more jumps before I could get my wings so all I wanted to do was get to that next that next flight 
But, but, but folks, the, the same protection afforded to Christ is promised to you and I. As long as we're connected to him through his word. Do you want the 10th greatest promise God ever gave fulfilled in your life? You should, I should. Then get seriously connected to this. Don't wait for it on Wednesday night or Sunday morning. You know, it's good that we're allowed to challenge you. Don't wait for it. You know, Mike and Vicki are in it every day. And if they get frustrated with one book, they go to another. But that's okay. You're in it. This and connected to this connects you to Christ because he is the living word. This is the written word. He's the living word. This is what connects us to him and his power and protection, this superior power and protection. The word that saves you and sanctifies you is the same word that affords you superior power and protection. So let me review. What time is it? Oh, I'm going to get you guys out a little early tonight. Let me review for you the Ten Promises because you really need to look at these promises every day of your life and rejoice. The first greatest promise God ever gave us is the promise to save us. We went through that. The second greatest promise, the promise to sanctify what he saves. The third greatest promise, the promise of special favor. Right? Mr. Garcia, right? Rico? What, uh, come on. There you go. We're favored. Folks, don't think for a moment God doesn't have other creations out there other than the angels and us and these animals and fish and stuff you see here on earth. If God's big enough to do all of this on this one little planet, you can bet he's got a whole bunch of others outside this universe. Don't think this is the only universe. You do realize that where we sit in, in our universe is, if you, if you look at it, it's, you know, it's really kind of oval-shaped, according to the experts. And, and we're way over here. There are Milky Ways. We're here on the edge of this side of the universe. And they say it takes us 33 million light years to get from where we are here on Earth to the middle of our universe. You have to travel 186,000 miles a second for 33 million years just to get to the middle of, of our universe. It's a pretty big universe. Okay. So if God created all that and controls it all, and he does, don't think for a moment he doesn't have other creations out there other than us. But now, wait a minute. Of all the creations he has and all the universes he has, we're the special ones. The Bible says Christ didn't become an angel. It says the second person of the triune Godhead became flesh and blood. He became us. Because we're the special favor. We're the favored creation. Act like it. Amen? Number four, the promise of a steady sacrifice, one that keeps giving and giving throughout eternity. Number five, the promise to see eternally. We went through all of these. To see what God sees all the time in his eternal wisdom. Number six, the promise to spell out for us his divine purpose on a variety of subjects. We went through that. Number seven, the promise to solidify us as a family of believers where death and life cannot disunite us anymore. You ever get mad at another believer? Another believer ever get mad at you? Okay, that ain't going to happen someday. We're going to be totally solidified come the millennium. Number eight, the promise to seal what he saves. 
I went through that. Number nine, the promise to give us the spirit of insight, which I went through last week, to discern the times in which we live. And number 10 tonight, the promise to give us superior power and protection as long, finish the statement, as we're connected to the word. I hope you enjoyed this series as much as I have. I always like being reminded personally of these great promises that God has made to us as a, as a creation. And I hope you've enjoyed them as well. Amen? All right, Brother Todd.